This is episode 24 of the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast, and today we're going to be going over one of the most prominent and polarizing sins plaguing all kinds of believers today, lust of pornography, and how to find freedom from it. Let's do this. Now, you can look through social media, YouTube, your news feed, et cetera, and you'll find something that is sexualized. Um, sex pretty much become one of the many golden calves of the secular world, and you can definitely see it in the Instagram models who essentially post softcore porn on their platforms, and this sexualization or 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 um, I think the term is portification, as Beckett Cook uh, says – it is to the point where many women are posting sexualized photos of themselves on every every single platform available to them and it's even sadder it's even sadder even when you realize that girls as young as say like 6th grade are posting sexualized photos of themselves and i am very well sure that in the mid uh it, i'm I'm sure that in the 20th century, these photos would be in would be extremely extremely uh, raunchy and risque and shameful. But now it's essentially normal. Like you, you can look through your news feed and find an article about a celebrity posting an extremely risque photo of themselves, and yet lust goes lust goes far beyond that of the sexualized photos that one sees every day if anything the things we see on social media or news sites are just gateways into the hardcore porn that is so prevalent on our devices i'm i'm aware that guys even as even as young as those in like third or fourth grade um it's unfortunate those guys as young as they are, they could be introduced to pornography. And that's what essentially happened to me. Um, and a friend of mine who still isn't a Christian, as far as I know, uh, he was the one that introduced me to it. And I didn't necessarily know what it truly was um, until I'd say maybe middle school. And I think that's when the shame factor truly set in. And I understood um, how wrong it was. And well, I guess that... Um, I, I know that slowly factored into my testimony because I knew deep down it was wrong and God did not allow my conscience to be seared to the point where I was completely numb to what was happening. And that applied to other areas of my life as well as Jesus was, um, as the, the, the Holy Spirit was uh, guiding me to, to, um, to, to, to like repent and believe. Um, and, and, and porn is something that is all too often plaguing men of almost all, of all, um, uh, age groups in the church. And it's unfortunately beginning to plague, uh, a lot of women as well. Okay. So before anyone stops listening, please be aware that even secular scientists and news sources are aware of the dangers of pornography. And you can look up an organization called fight the new drug, which has a plethora of articles and research highlighting the dangers of pornography. And there is so much research available on the dangers of pornography and lust, at least in masturbation. Now I implore everyone listening in to look it up. And there are a plethora of a plethora of sermons, uh, who that 
you know they tend to reference you know the various the the various dangers of pornography um and and i definitely feel like i can't really do those justice uh you know in terms of referencing uh them in the episode because it almost feels like borderline plagiarism um and I think the, I think the one the one purity sermon that has impacted my life the most, um, it's uh, it's the sermon on lust by Jonathan Bucluda when he was still a leader at the porch, um, and the series was on uh, vice and virtue, and he, um, I think in the middle of the sermon, uh, he referenced a case study about a man who was so. Um, he was he was extremely uh, impacted by you know his constant masturbation as a young man that he couldn't have sex without his boots on, um, and and it's you know it's it is a it is unfortunate that you know the world you know it it consistently tries to pervert something that God designed to be holy and pure in the context of marriage um and and uh there no that case study and other uh and and other various you know forms of uh research that have come out uh um you know these these studies have found out that orgasm produces the creation of brand new synapses that bind people to their immediate surroundings when sex in its uh, design experiences are taken out of its, you know, uh, are taken out of their divine design, you know, we we often end up being further. Uh, we we often end up uh, damaging ourselves a lot more, you know. And and I I I understand that the case study of the guy with the boots is an extreme example, but you know. It shows the extent in which porn and lust can damage us. You know, we become essentially addicted to being aroused by extreme versions of something God designed to be holy and beautiful in the context of marriage. And please do not think that something even mildly pornographic can help you in your sex life. It is damaging to your spouse or any kind of future. Um, it is damaging to to your spouse or any other kind of future relationship you have and there's no other way around it jesus said that if you even look at a woman with lustful intent you've committed adultery with her in your heart and before you stop listening my intent here is not to shame anyone who's looked at this kind of material on a screen page or whatever there is hope found at the cross of christ you still can repent and believe this is where i'm going to introduce the the concepts on on how to combat lust and pornography and these concepts aren't in a set order but they're all equally important and i've learned these concepts over the years through 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 various pastors the the various mentors that i've had and even in the small group i'm currently in um and the the concepts are are essentially confession and prayer emphasized in a small group setting with the same sex it's removing access and growing a fear of the lord i'll get the one that is the most uh, polarized i guess out of the way first the fear of the lord earlier when i was still kind of recovering from covid uh, i think it was the week of the 29th 
uh, of uh, December. Um, I was listening to a short, um, a very short video by by Eric Thonis um, and another pastor theologian, and they talked about how our attempts to deal with sin without an avid fear of the Lord pretty much sums up this kind of behavioral kind of modification. You know, we can hide and lie things if we do not have an avid fear of the Lord that is growing in the context of small groups. And I think that's what's holding so many believers back in their recovery from from any kind of pornography and lust. And and without an avid fear of the Lord that is growing in that small group context, you know, we end up becoming a group of guys or gals um, that, that are doing things just purely from a secular humanistic or self-help kind of point of view, like a Joel Osteen type of point of view. But, um, you know, fearing the Lord is not being terrorized of God. Um Know, if we are truly regenerated believers. Now, the term fear unfortunately encompasses so many things because that's just the inerrant, you know, it's a, it's a unfortunate, it is a unfortunate, it is a unfortunate kind of limitation of the English, in English uh, language. You know, we, we really have to dive into scripture as to how to have a proper fear of the Lord. And I feel like this is coming more of an episode within an episode, but no, I think I can live with that. No, the fear of the Lord for, for a believer is meant to be this reverence and awe for our Heavenly Father. It's more than just respect. In the video, uh, no, I think it was Eric, uh, he, he, I think he said something along the lines of, it is about upholding the righteousness, holiness, sovereignty, and omniscience of God as we carry out, as we carry out our lives as followers of Christ. And I talked to Pastor Adams. Um and he also pointed me to Isaiah eleven twelve, which says the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Uh, the verse presents the fear of the Lord as a gift by the spirit. And it ultimately points to the doctrine of regeneration and salvation for a, for a true follower of Christ. And I'm also reminded of Proverbs 1, 7, oh, and that verse says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Um, and and I think we can look at other parts uh, to, to see exactly what the fear of the Lord is. And I think it's also shown in Luke chapter 1. Um, and I believe the word fear is is mentioned three times in the passage. The first time is in verse 50, then in verse 65, and then verse in verse 74. Uh, verse uh, 50 says, His mercy is from generation, generation to generation on those who fear him. Verse 63 to 65 says, He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they were all amazed. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came on all those who lived around them. And all these things were being talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. Verse 72 to 75 says, He has dealt mercifully with our fathers and remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham. He has given us the privilege since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies to serve him without, without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence all their days. As we look at these verses, we see that there's a difference between the fear mentioned in verse 50 and 65 and a type of fear mentioned in verse number 74. And this, 
um, the the fear of the Lord in verse 50 and 65 is this reverence and awe for God, specifically only when it comes to his mercy and allowing z- and when um in verse uh it's a 65 uh where where i think it was zechariah who um where where he was allowed to speak again and meanwhile the fear in verse 74 is this kind of uh terror fear this kind of terror fear that one kind of associates uh to 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 a very abusive relationship while Yes, God has wrath on those who who oppose Him because of His righteous judgment. He loves those who are obedient to Him through through the offer of salvation brought by Jesus, who appease the wrath of God by becoming sin for us on the cross. And God also disciplines those He loves, like the good Father He is, as it says in Hebrews twelve verse six. As believers, we should not be terrorized of God, um, and and so, you know. Um, a a follower of Christ is meant to revere God for who he is while also recognizing the truth that they are loved by him if they are truly in Christ, that is, if they've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit and are continually abiding in Christ with perseverance, even when at times they sin, yet sin is occurring less in the life of a believer because of the process of sanctification through the Holy Spirit. As it says in Romans 8, verse 38-39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As emphasized before, our fear of the Lord should grow as we continue on the path for purity, but it should be this increasing reverence and awe and love for him because of an increased awareness of his power, beauty, and other attributes. Now, confession and prayer in a small group setting is also oh important, and I'm not talking about just um, I'm not talking about just confession and prayer with your pastor a few times. Get a dedicated accountability partner and be in a tight knit group of guys or gals, um, and and you need to have structure to meetings, and you guys can share exactly what's going on with your with your respective pastor purity. And I know I've learned a lot about myself and the various triggers that lead me to um, those various kinds of urges and thoughts. And I think it's also been a healing process from the various things that happened in my life in the earlier stages of 2021. And I think it's James 5, 16 that says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Really recognize that your brothers and sisters are in this fight with you, and don't be afraid to text them when you feel temptation or when you feel susceptible in a given day. I know that I've asked for prayer for my accountability partners, and it definitely is a battle. Do not buy into this lie from the devil that your partners will shame you for even having these thoughts. If anything, confessing your temptations that you experience can be encouraging. You're showing humility in that, and you're willing to be vulnerable. And as it says in 1 Peter 5, 5, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Please also have a set leader for the group as well. Um, and uh, this is usually to add some even more um, more, more flow, flow and also structure to the conversation. An example is in my group where um, the current leader of the group is one of the staff members of the church. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I am currently attending in Madison. And you will grow so much in your faith 
if you start this group, and I know that the guys that I know in the group are are some of the most godly men I have ever met in the current stage that we have in our lives. No, and finally moving on to access, which kind of falls into the realm of repentance. You know, I was listening to, to the Becoming Something podcast with Jonathan Cluda, um, and he said something along the lines of dudes coming up to him. Who, who always say that they're struggling with pornography, but they have something in their pocket with constant access to it, which is obviously their cell phone. You know, they can't really, um, I think it was, um, I think JP said something along the lines of, you know, they can't really struggle with porn if it's constantly on them at all times. You know, um, and he also said, um, if necessary, please get a flip phone. Um, if it means that, a, a person can remove access to that and and plus to think um the thing to bounce off of that if you're already involved in your church start this start the small group and get an account get an accountability partner to to set up blockers and filters on every single device that, on every single device that you have if social media is a stumbling block for you, then get rid of social media for a time. I know that's what I had to do. And I also got rid of Snapchat permanently. Um, I, I know that's a hard thing for a, a ton of us to do, but I'm serious. Art. I genuinely had to question if I was willing to truly abide in the freedom that is found in Christ or, or, or if I was willing to fall over and over again because of a simple app that is founded on posts that honestly tend to to highlight uh pride less in general and now like sin in general um and i'm using kind of extreme language here except it's the truth like i think i can rant about um i think i think i can rant about snapchat for a while but i think you get the idea um instagram meanwhile is a little bit dicey too but i don't think it's a stumbling block as much as uh snapchat although it's definitely dependent on the pages that you follow and the explore page. Uh, I think it also tends to be a crapshoot and I definitely be aware of some pages um, where they tend to glorify sin. Um, and I know that's, I, I know, I know for a fact that's something I, I definitely need to do, especially I'm, I know that's something I definitely need to do, especially as I'm growing in my faith. But um, I think um, I think the concept of 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 uh, exercising the the concept of exercising discernment is probably going to be the topic of another episode somewhere down the line. For the rest of the episode, I'll, I'll outline resources to, to jumpstart uh, to 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 jumpstart the overall recovery process. Um, and some of these resources I have already mentioned. For more information about the dangers of pornography. I implore everyone to look up the the org, the organization Fight the New Drug, and there are a myriad of all kinds of pornography recovery programs um, that are free that are available. Uh, but the current one I'm on in the accountability small group I'm in is called the Freedom Fight, and it's created by Ted Scheimer. Uh, it seems to be very it seems to be very like biblically uh, based, and it tends to treat pornography and lust as an addiction. Um, and there are various, various kinds of recovery programs available, but I, I implore everyone to, to, to also go to a, a, um, if your church has, has a recovery program, I, I also implore, 
um, no, um, all those who, who, who are currently listening to go to it. Um, I wouldn't really recommend a secular recovery program because they tend to utilize new age self-help practices that won't necessarily help a person grow in their faith as they continue their path to purity. Um, filters, blockers, and also accountability software on every single device you have is the last major thing I'm going to reference. Make sure every device you have has a blocker or filter on it that is um, that, that is all already available. Um, and... And please make sure it has a password and also has like admin capabilities to it so that they can uh, hopefully monitor the 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 uh, things that you're looking up. And uh, please stay please stay accountable with your group leader and and also your partner as you secure every single device you have. And with these concepts, um, I hope this video blesses you and also repels you to to truly begin your path to purity and living a life worthy of the gospel. This is the For the Kingdom, Not the Brand podcast, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode when we talk about spiritual abuse.